Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and uh, welcome, my dear listener. I'm just back from vacation. How, how are you when you're just back from vacation? How, how about you? Do you go on vacation? I do go on vacation, and I'm perfect when I come back from vacation. Really? I always go through that little sadness thing, so I, here's, my, here's my tip. And I do this with my clients, too. I say, um, always have the next vacation scheduled. Do you have your next vacation scheduled? I do. I think my life sometimes feels like a vacation. <laughs> Where are you going? What are you going to do? Uh, I'm actually going to New York for a wedding soon. I'm going to New, actually, New Orleans first. New Orleans for a 30th birthday party, mm. and then New York for a wedding. Nice to be young. Right? And, uh, and every day. I think every day. When we, when we get to Sunday and we're like, oh, man, Monday's coming, that's, that's not a good thing. This conversation didn't go as interestingly <laughs> as I expected. Um, so you should ask me about my vacation. How was your vacation? Thank you. I went to, the, it was perfect. I went to the Seychelles. This was a bucket list vacation for me. So I went to the Seychelles. Here's the deal. I've got a deal with my wife where she and the kids go skiing. They love to go skiing. They love the snow and the cold. I do not. So I end up being unfun on those vacations. So we've made a deal. I go, get to go on a daddy week now while they go with all of her family and everything to skiing. They went Park City, Utah, beautiful place. They skied powder, they loved it. And I didn't have to go and I loved it. So I got to do something that is on my bucket list. I went to the Seychelles and check this out. I flew first class on Emirates in the 380, the big two-decker plane. You got a lot more respect for me now, don't you? I, I want, did you, were you awake? It's like a little cabin, right? It's like you have your own room, you have your yeah, own quarters. Yeah, you have doors that close in your own suite. You can get whatever you want whenever you want it. And um, they have better liquor up there. Same food as business, but much better liquor. Like 25-year-old scotches. And Do you have an employee that works for things. you directly for you? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I think we had like five flight attendants and seven of us in wow. first class. But, you know, we, none of us talk to each other because we're way too cool. And um, it's it's embarrassing to be the guy in first class with all those like high roller, you know, I assume crime bosses, and uh, and to be like the guy who's giddy about everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> woman shows up with pajamas. I'm like, really for me, for moi, clutching my pearls. It was, it was a little bit embarrassing, but a hilarious time. And man, you got to do those things on your bucket list, right? Yeah, I, I want to first off Let's play along. Can, can you can you tell us what the Seychelles are because I've heard you talk about it, but I think most people are like, oh yeah, it's an island don't nation. Know. It's an island nation, and it's uh, this will give you some insight into how my marriage works too. It's an island nation off the coast of Madagascar, about five hundred kilometers south of the equator, so um, basically directly south from Dubai, for example, but just sitting in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and it's gorgeous. And they don't have like hurricanes and things; they have storms, but no like you know devastating things. And it's just gorgeous, granite. They're not volcanic islands, they're granite islands, so um, really beautiful and in the middle of the Indian Ocean, which is my new love. It's gorgeous and hot and d delicious and filled with fish that you don't see every day. Just a beautiful, beautiful place. But here's how it, here's how it is. I tell people, people have been t asking me that question, where are the Seychelles? And I say, they're on the other side of Africa. And my wife says, and here's everything you need to know about our relationship, not if you go the other way. <laughs> All right. I feel like we've learned something here, but let's talk about coaching. So that voice, by the way, I know we've been chatting and not telling you, that voice is our in-studio guest co-host, Alex Terranova. 
He's a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach and host of the Dream Mason podcast. He's got his own podcast. He works with strong and successful men boldly to declare what they want, get real about what's in the way, and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom, and success in their life. He's been a coach for how long? Four years. And you've also been all over, like TV and things, NBC Radio, all the people, others podcast. Um, how do we get a hold of you? How do we find out more about you? TheDreamMason.com or Alex at TheDreamMason.com or InspirationalAlex on Instagram. Oh, that Insta. It's very popular. People like it. All right. And you're in your fourth year of coaching, you said? I'm in my fourth year of coaching. Great. And I'm in my 20, like, seventh year of coaching or something. So we make, uh, hopefully, an interesting counterpoint. Um, anything that you want to share with the class before we go talk to our uh, delight, delightful, delicious, delectable guest? You're like a different man post-vacation. That's the th you're a different, fresh-faced. Which one do you like? You're like ten years younger. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You just there's a, there's a vibrance and an energy to you that uh, you should go on vacation more often. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. Exactly right. Hey, uh, we should also shout out that our. Uh, what you're listening to us on, depending on where you found us. You can find us wherever podcasts are available, but uh, you can also go to Accomplishment Media, which is home of an entire cadre of uh, coaching and coach-related podcasts. So check it out, accomplishmentmedia.com. We also want to uh, put a shout-out to our longtime host of this uh, – host. This is why I can't have nice things. Sponsor of this program, which is Accomplishment Coaching. What do you have to say about Accomplishment Coaching? I know you did the program. Well, I think the biggest thing is I would not be living the life I'm living if it weren't for accomplishment coaching. I was not a nice person. Some people might have called me a word that starts with an A and ends with an E. Um, and I didn't like myself too much. And I think besides actually learning how to be a coach, which I don't even know if that was the plan when I started, <laughs> um, I actually got to change, transform my life and, and fall in love with myself, fall in love with my family, create better relationships with them. It really changed everything. And uh, from that experience, I got to create a coaching program, create a podcast, um, write a book. I just finished the second draft of my book. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I think that was all possible because of accomplishment coaching. Nice. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. All right. They're also available uh, near you somewhere if you're in North America. There's a San Diego, Seattle, Washington, Victoria, British Columbia, Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And God bless them. They need some coaching in that city. Um, thank you. Let's talk about our guest. I'm, I'm always excited to meet and talk to people who, where I've met them through their work. So, uh, how I was introduced to Brian is that he is the author of Executive Coaching for Results, the definitive guide to developing organizational leaders from 2007. He's also the founder and CEO of CoachSource, the world's largest executive coaching provider with over 1,100 coaches in 100 and or more than 100 countries. Uh, he is a PhD. He is an industry-recognized expert in the design and management of worldwide coaching ex executive coaching implementations. Please welcome to our microphone, Brian O. Underhill. Hello, sir. Hello, and yes, I do book my next vacation the night that I land from my prior vacation, just so you know. Dude, we're like brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get to fly in Emirates. It's usually United, but that's, you know. We need to talk, Brian. Story. <laughs> the the real purpose story. in having you here today was an intervention. You must get away from United. <laughs> I know there's a lot of miles. You've got status, but you have to move, brother. Yeah, All right. Very true. Let's have the young guy talk to you first. What do you well, What do you want to know about Brian? The first thing I want to know is what's the PhD? What are you a doctor of? Ah, uh, organizational psychology. 
uh, and from uh, Alliant International University, or CSPP as it was known when I was there, which is the largest psychology school in the nation in California. And um, so, yes, PhD in organizational psychology. So how did one go from, how did one, or how did you go from organizational psychology to coaching? Well, it's a, it's a pretty interesting story. So I was in graduate school in Los Angeles. So uh, I, I grew up in San Diego, which I know is near you guys. I uh, lived in Los Angeles a bunch of years in graduate school. And then an internship opportunity came up. Uh, and they said, oh, we need to send you back to San Diego to work for this guy named Marshall Goldsmith. Uh. And I had never heard of Marshall. Actually, a lot of people hadn't quite heard of him yet because we're talking 1996. So he uh, was just starting to come onto the scene as a really uh, esteemed coach. And I learned the craft uh, under him and managed coaching, too, because people would start to say, hey, I want to coach with you guys. I'm a coach. Uh, and Marshall would say, well, go talk to Brian Underhill. So I would have to interview <laughs> them. And uh, companies would say, we want more coaches. And so I'd have to organize that. So it all it all really started completely unexpectedly uh, from that initial internship in 1996, 97. Amazing. Uh, we love Marshall for, you know, he's a friend of the show. We've had him on a couple of times. What had you then decide to branch out on your own and create Coach Source? So we created Coach Source about 12 years ago. And it's um, what happened was coaching grew and we had a big network of coaches by then. Uh, kind of, we we're doing this all under Marshall's name, uh, but Marshall, if if you know him, um, really dislikes having to manage large things. <laughs> he he really did not like having to, you know, field a phone call about where why didn't my expense report get paid or, um, you know, how come I I should earn more on this assignment or whatever, you know, the the, the ins and outs of running a coaching business, but. I love running a coaching business, so it was totally made sense for us to effectively spin off. Um, so he could just focus on, you know, being Marshall, writing, speaking, coaching, um, and we could focus more on doing what we do, managing and overseeing coaching. And um, we're still good friends with him. I just talked to him yesterday, um, but we're effectively a, se a separate company at this point. What's the What's the thing that pulls you or draws you to coaching more so than psychology? Because that's where you started, and then this is where you end mm -hmm. up, and it seemed like it was very organic. But mm -hmm. you you obviously chose to stay in more of the coaching side. So what's the draw? Well, you know, we've all been to training classes, of course. Um, and, you know, you can have a wonderful time for a day or two, or back in those days, five-day trainings or off-site or whatnot. But, you know, the impact – that those have can be very short lived and people forget a vast majority of what was taught to them. Uh, but coaching brings that back into the workplace and, and does so on a very regular basis using real life problems um, with accountability. And I really was intrigued with the fact that you could actually really make change. You could actually help someone really improve and change more than just let me stand in front of the room and teach it to you. It's now let's take this, this these concepts and let's bring them into your workplace and, and deal with situations as they arise. And, and, you know, I'm sure as you can understand, the research will show that, that you know, when you add coaching to any training program, um, the retention 
and the change is much greater than if they had only just gone to training. So I think I really like that concept of the, the long-term impact as well as getting deeper into each situation uh, when you're working with a leader. I like that. Um, so let's talk about executive coaching generally. You've literally written the book on executive coaching. You manage uh, executive coaches day in and day out. Uh, is What's happening in the field? And then I've got about a thousand follow-ups. <laughs> well, uh, we do do, after we did that book, um, we repeated the research that's in that book two more times. And the most recent one was just last year, or early last year, uh, the uh, research study. And we asked, you know, a thousand questions or so of, of all kinds of um, views on our industry. So we asked coaches what they think. But we also asked organizations, companies who hire coaches, this would be big companies generally, uh, corporations that hire coaches. Uh, we also surveyed internal coaches, so coaches that work within one of those companies. And then we even found some real live executives who've received coaching. We, we, found, we found some live executives out in the wild, and we got them to answer our survey questions as well. And so from some of the questions we're going to talk about next, you know, I'll, I'll refer to this research study. Uh, but one of the you know, big headlines is from all that we see and experience, this field of coaching continues to grow. Um, you know, if you look at my own company as a indicator, because coaching is all we do, really, we uh, we've grown every year ever since the recession, the Great Recession, sometimes as high as 30 percent. Um, most every year has been double-digit growth. And so we're automatically experiencing the growth in the field. But then when we surveyed these various groups, um, about 80% of organizations um, agree that uh, coaching is going to expand and grow So uh, over the next, say, three to five years. And if you, had co if you ask coaches the same question, they're even a slightly more bullish on the future of our field. About 83% of them feel that we're going to definitely be growing over the next three to five years. And we also found just simply the number of companies who are using coaching and plan to use it in the future, that's growing as well. Um, we even looked at different types of coaching that could take place, you know, different variations of coaching, because now there's team coaching and group coaching and internal coaching and other types of coaching, we were finding uh, raiders were predicting um, that all of those generally um, will be growing as well over the next three to five years. So it seems like we may be in uh, a bit of a golden age of the field for sure. And what sets you, what sets you and Coach Source apart from other people that are doing this? Well, uh, we are the largest, so that helps. Um, so clients of ours can uh, know that with 1,000, 1,100 coaches around the world that we've done all the screening and whatnot, um, that they can come to one place and get all the coaches that they need for, for their assignments. And then we, we then oversee, manage and oversee it. We've got an online system and we've got managers who then oversee everything that's taking place with each client's coaching uh, program. So with one stop shop, they can have visibility to everything that's taking place. 
a common problem that we see in our industry is coaching has gotten so popular that we're companies are, are suffering from coaches running amok <laughs> in some <laughs> cases. So coaches, uh, you know, showing up in all corners of their company doing work, working with their executives, but yet the people who are supposed to be in charge of this don't always have the right visibility or coordination to all that's taking place. And so these companies are finding that it can be helpful to narrow down the vendors that they use to oversee coaching, sometimes one vendor or maybe a few. Uh, and so uh, then we can organize and coordinate and manage and have it all under one roof, one bill. Um, and uh, our client counterparts can then get some great visibility to all that's taking place. And within a few clicks, they can have reports that they need to show others in the company how much they've spent, who's being coached, uh, how far along are various assignments, and even measurement. Have people gotten any better as a result of coaching? Do you want more coaches, or have you got all the coaches on your roster that you need? Well, we're always open for more coaches. Um, we tend to have a lot, for sure, a lot on the roster already. Certain markets are very full, like California, because I'm here. Um, I lived in Southern Cal, now I live in Northern Cal, so we're pretty overloaded with coaches in California. Uh, other markets are pretty full. But then there are you know, parts of the world or even parts of the US that it would always be great to have more coaches. Our clients tend to ask a lot for coaches with business experience, and maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, about what clients want. Business experience is a biggie for them. They're, they, they overshoot on this sometimes because they're usually asking for, oh, do you have a former CEO? You know, do you, uh, here I, I, we have a, a coaching assignment for the VP of, uh, you know, finance. And so do you have a former CFO who's now a coach? And uh, yes, we do, but not that often. Uh, the path that people take to become coaches doesn't always include a stop, a stint as a CFO somewhere. Uh, so we're definitely interested in coaches who got business experience uh, because our clients are asking for it. And then, yes, in certain parts of the country or the, the, the world, there's always a need for more coaches. Okay. And do you have some way of vetting coaches? I mean, is, are, are you besieged by, what, resumes or phone calls or emails of people who want to work with you? Or how do you, how do you vet people? How do you want people to approach you? Yeah, we, we have a, a place on our website uh, – coachsource.com slash four coaches. And there what we do is we talk about what it is we look for. And we ask coaches, you know, if you fit, you know, most or all of these criteria, then please consider applying. And then usually we put warnings up there about parts of the world or country that we're currently not taking new coaches. Um, but those who go ahead and apply come into, you know, the system. Um, we do uh, a review of the application and then we do um, a, w a web cam interview and um, uh, we have criteria that we use and, and if they uh, pass that then they come on into the network um, and are ready for assignments uh, thereafter. Brian, what do you, when you look at a coach, how do you determine somebody who's going to be a, a successful and effective coach versus mm -hmm. somebody who might be okay, but isn't going to mm -hmm. hit that criteria of like, yeah, they're going to really make a difference. 
Yeah, we actually have seven key criteria, and that's because seven is always seems to be some sort of magical number, right? So we picked seven, <laughs> seven for our our key criteria. And I'll see if I can rattle them off. Uh, you know, first of all, we are looking for someone that primarily does executive leadership coaching, um, because as you know, there's all types of coaches in the world these days, and so really someone who specializes mostly in uh, executive coaching or leadership coaching. Uh, we look at how many years they've been coaching, and so we usually want to see at least five years of coaching, if not more. Um, we want to see that someone's been on their own at least two years, because uh, we do all the coaches are independent practitioners, so we do want to see that they've at least gone on their own and survived it. Two years seems like a good time frame to establish yourself and make a run at running at your own business as a coach. So we use a two-year marker. Uh, we look at business experience since our clients are always asking for that. So what kinds of positions did you have in your past career? Um, you know, at what levels of what amount of uh, budget or uh, employees did you have, uh, titles, that kind of thing. Uh, we look at training. So uh, advanced degree is generally preferred, but in the later years, more and more of our clients are starting to say, you know, we want a coach who's certified. And there's a whole discussion I'm sure we could have on that, but uh, it's still a minority of our clients, but it is growing um, that they would like certification or at least some evidence that the coach has had some type of formal coach training. We also look at what kinds of types of clients do they serve and do they look similar to the kinds of clients that we're serving um, one other notable one is we have to somehow figure out if this coach is someone you would ever want to put in front of an executive. So, you know, we're calling that, uh, you know, executive presence. And uh, we have to do our best to ascertain that based on uh, the video interview. Or at some point, I usually try to meet them or my chief coaching officer tries to meet them in our travels. And we're trying to figure out, you know, is this someone that we would be comfortable putting in front of executives? In some cases, we might say, mm, yeah, maybe middle manager. Um, and in uh, most cases, we would want to be able to say, yeah, I, I would be fine with this person nearly at the top of the house, perhaps. So there's, there's more to it, but that's sort of some of the highlights of some of the things that we look at. And how do you me and how are you guys measuring like your return on investment? Mm -hmm. Return on investment is always, you know, one of these big holy grails in our field. And a lot of conferences I go to, that's always one of the top topics. Um, we do two measurements in our assignments. So one is just your very basic: Are you happy with your coach? Are you satisfied with your coach? Um, so we run a survey with the executive who's been coached. A certain way into the assignment and say how's it going are you are you satisfied and of course we'll address any trouble that that could arise from that the second one is is much more interesting and this is a concept marshall pioneered back when i was working with him which we call a mini survey and uh, the mini survey basically is a short survey that goes out to all the stakeholders around the leader who's being coached or been coached and I just ask them very quickly, you know, has this person improved on the area of development they were working on with their coach? This is the brilliance of Marshall Goldsmith, because he used to offer a guarantee. 
right, of producing yes. results. And how he would do it is he would get everybody around this person invested in their improvement. Yeah, so yes. that was, that's absolutely just a part I, of his brilliance. I think he still does it with a guarantee. Really? Um, we we don't have to because so many clients want to do coaching at this point that we don't bother with the. I mean, of course, if someone's unhappy, we will make it right. But right. the concept, Marshall, Marshall doesn't get paid till he's done and only if they get better um, is the way that guarantee works. But yeah, the concept is basically you get those stakeholders involved and then you have them fill out a survey at the end to indicate whether they've seen leadership improvement. And so after a number of leaders have been through coaching, you can aggregate that mini survey, those mini survey results and your client who's in charge of coaching can see how things are going in general. And if someone higher up says, Hey, we're spending all this money on coaching. Is this worth it? Um, they could produce results to say, you know, we've had you know 53 leaders go through coaching and they are improving at an average of such and so level, uh, which is actually quite good. Uh, their, their leadership improvement is being measured and documented. And so we, we feel like we're we're getting our value here. I want to uh, we're going to break in just a moment for uh, some important messages, but I want to let people know uh, one of the things that uh, really had me want to talk to you today is I attended the ICF Midwest Regional Conference last year in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and uh, although you weren't able to join us, I, I understand there's a medical emergency in your family. And I trust everything. Yeah, my, my dad had gotten sick, unfortunately. It's one of the few times I've ever had to cancel a speaking engagement. So oh, well, I was uh, I, I heard it was such a great conference. I'm so disappointed to have missed it. Well, I wanted to bring it up, and I'm glad to, to hear that your dad's doing better. At least I trust that he is. Um, Jeff uh, Nally did a did a yeoman's job of, you know, filling in and, and addressing some of the slides and some of the information. So we were able to learn a lot, but you did a ton of executive coaching research and have a lot to share about that. So when we come back, I want to get into that if you're willing. And it sounds yeah, like definitely. you have it at your fingertips. <laughs> In addition, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about your work with the, uh, is it the Institute of Coaching, the IOC over at the McLean, Harvard? Mm -hmm. Is that some mm -hmm. something you're still doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm a member or a founding fellow, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm a regular at their conferences and usually tuned in to everything that they're up to or any new research they have. I, I'm a bit of a conference junkie, honestly. Uh, I think this year I might be going to four or five or six uh, big coaching conferences. Um, anytime there's a coaching conference, I, I want to go. <laughs> so. I, that's maybe why United Airlines likes me. So much. Well, I, don't know, I, I don't know that they like me, but and we're back to uh, yeah. Do they like anyone? Uh, all right, let's let people know once again how to get a hold of Brian or find out more about his work is by going to Coach Source C O A C H S O U R C E dot com. That's Coach Source dot com. Anything else that we should know about? Any Instas or other uh, Twitters or anything else we should know about? Yeah, on uh, Twitter, uh, B Underhill. Uh, and also on LinkedIn under my name, Brian Underhill. I'll usually post uh, coaching industry trends for observations, things that I see out there. Uh, or if I'm speaking somewhere, I'll post that as well. So those are good places to hear about what's happening in the field. Great. So go uh, follow him on Twitter and, and uh, check out Coach Source as we take a short break here. You're listening to The Coaching Show here on AccomplishmentMedia.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. That voice is Alex Terranova, and you can find him at thedreammason.com. Is that true? 
Yes, it is thedreammason.com, inspirational Alex on Instagram. Very good. And we'll be back more with more with Brian O. Underhill, Dr. Brian O. Underhill, talking about um, trends in executive coaching and more right after these messages. You're listening to The Coaching Show here each and every week, uh, bringing you interviews with people who are pioneers or just plain interesting, doing something about coaching. We'll be back with more right after these important messages. Stay with us. Check out Accomplishment Coaching while you're having a moment. right back after these important messages. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. I made that human. I did. Okay, my wife did. All right. Together, uh, we're con- it's partnership. Continuing it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm pretty impossible to partner with. Let's just admit that. <laughs> Uh, my name is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. Let's say that more with more gravitas. Master Certified Coach, your host each and every week for low these 17 years on The Coaching Show, right here, wherever pi- fine podcasts are available or however you found us. That voice was Alex Terranova. Alex, tell the people who you are and why you're here. Alex Terranova, I'm here because <laughs> I'm co-hosting. Uh, no, but for real, I, um, I'm a coach. I've been a coach for four years. I have my own podcast called The Dream Mason Podcast. I love everything about coaching and to be on here is, you know, to learn and to explore and to Alex is our in-studio guest co-host today. And we're interviewing the fabulous Brian O. Underhill, Dr. Brian O. Underhill, uh, author 
of Executive Coaching for Results, The Definitive Guide to Developing Organizational Leaders from 2007. He's also founder and CEO of CoachSource, as we learned today, uh, created that in conjunction with his work with Marshall Goldsmith and was working with Marshall Goldsmith back in the mid-90s. And um, he's an executive coach himself, as well as an industry-recognized expert in the design and management of worldwide executive coaching implementations. Uh, the Coach Source is the world's largest executive coaching provider with over 1,100 coaches in over 100 countries. Uh, we were talking just before the break about how uh, one of the ways that I came to know Brian's work is through the ICF's Midwest Regional Conference last year, which was held in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in June. And uh, there, unfortunately, Brian had to sort of cancel at the last minute due to some uh, medical emergencies and his family. But uh, his, the research that he has done and the work he's done was presented, and it was presented ably, and we're delighted to be able to dive into it now. Brian, um, first of all, in this research that you did, what was the most surprising or interesting piece for you? Was there something that had you sort of sit back and say and be mm. excited? Well, we did a whole section on trends, what trends are coming in the future of coaching. And we asked organizations, you know, to predict what trends they thought would be most likely. And I think we had 14 or so possible trends. And and just that alone had a few surprises for me. The, the number one most likely trend in the future of coaching, according to these companies, uh, was that you would see more coaching attached to lead, typical leadership development programs. Now, the reason why that's a surprise I mean, on one level, that's been common since the beginning. You know, there's often, you know, coaching added to a leadership development program. You go to a program and then you get a coach for you know, four hours over the next few months, six hours, 10 hours, something like that. That's been going on for a while. But with all the trend possibilities, the fact that that came in first place was a surprise uh, to me, honestly. Um I, I guess I didn't. I expected it to be in the middle of the pack yeah. and not come out number one. Um, secondly, the second highest surprised me too, which was uh, forever we've had uh, people training leaders to be better coaches in the, their day-to-day -day leadership. Um, you know, leader as coach training, we often call it, and that came in number two. <laughs> Again, those two have been around forever, and so I sort of just sort of thought they would fit somewhere in the middle of all the different choices. Uh, they came in number one and number two. The last place one, though, just for fun, because I heard one of your podcasts with uh, the two Davids, David Goldsmith, David right. Peterson, and uh, uh, really intriguing stuff they talk about with artificial intelligence and yes. robots yes. possibly replacing human coaches. So our survey found that to be the least likely choice of any of the future possibilities of coaching. That doesn't mean the Davids aren't right at all, <laughs> right. but it's just the people who filled out our survey thought that was very unlikely to take place. And those are consumers. The people that are filling out your survey survey are people who are actually using coaching services, right, in executive or organizational environments? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, both. Uh, we had, uh, and we split them up. So we have consumers in one column, and then we have coaches in a different column, uh, executive coaches themselves, uh, you know, answering the same questions. And in many ways, they were fairly similar. In some ways, they were different. Um, but everyone seemed to agree on these top two and the bottom one for sure. It's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
uh, riff off of that for just a moment. So it's not only the two Davids, but I actually first heard it from David. I'm going to say his name improperly. David Houle, H-O-U-L-E. He's a futurist. He's uh, sort of famous for the shift age. He coined that. <laughs> he um, he actually is the first person I heard say a couple of years ago that uh, AI would likely uh, usurp humans in two fields first. He said, first, the law, because there's so many um, ways that AI can replicate what a lawyer does quicker, faster, and, and more accurately. And second of all, coaching. And I thought mm -hmm. that was astounding. But, you know, if you think about it, if we could codify coaching, it would probably be a lot of things that AI is good at. It's interesting to, to hear that, um, at least based on your information, based on the, the survey responses, that... Um, that people who are the consumers don't see that as the as the future or they're not that interested in it i wonder if it's just a matter of not seeing the benefit or not being able to make the leap themselves do you have any thoughts about that or should we move on yeah i mean i it, it, i don't want to discount um this future possibility at all um uh, because this could happen this could definitely happen and we need to be aware of and and tuned into it um, uh, you know, your general you know, coach out there will often sort of almost laugh at this concept and think that's, that's impossible, but then you don't want to be, you know, a typewriter company when right. word processing comes around. So there's always that fear that right. you, you, you might be left behind. So, so you got to have your antenna out and, you know, open and to, to watch these things and see what how it might it work or could it help you even as a coach to do your job sure and thanks for letting me take that little trip it sounds like uh like uh we should get back to the meat of the matter what else um any uh with regard to the market overall what are you seeing in terms of executive coaching i heard you be pretty bullish on it earlier in our conversation uh do you feel like it's flattening out at all are people getting sort of disappointed disillusioned or are people loving it and wanting more well, I feel I feel the latter that it's still in a growth phase, um, just from our own experience, um, you know. And, and you are seeing some extra varieties of coaching coming out. So there's team coaching. So team coaching, you know, does have a couple of different definitions. So I don't know that our industry has fully settled on what that is yet. But right. team coaching in general is something that's gaining an in interest. Uh, group coaching, so coaching people within a, a, a cadre or a group on something. So one coach with multiple participants, uh, you're Let's... continuing to see more internal coaching so companies using coaches inside, um, as well. Sure. Is that, is that mostly uh, a financial decision? Yes and no. I mean, yes, it, it can be, uh, in, you know, so you, you, maybe you train HR people to coach and then now they do some coaching along with their normal jobs. Um, but then there's also the benefit that they're they're there more often, they're present, they know the culture, they know the players. Um, Do you have to make you know, a case uh, as you're talking with people who are considering bringing in co coaches? Uh, do you have to make a case for an external coach? You know, the the ability to distinguish the environment or the culture, or are people mostly clear about it when they're talking to you? You know, they. Um, it's really interesting because there is this concept of a what is it, a prophet is not welcome in their own exactly, town, and right. so sometimes the internal internal people have that problem to deal with is that people might think they're not as credible even if they are. 
just because they're they're part of the place. They're inside uh, the system. Um, so, so you do have that issue. But actually, one of the largest troubles that internals face, according to our research, is not necessarily credibility or a concern of confidentiality or anything like that. It's usually they don't have enough time to do their normal job because usually they they had a normal job then they got trained as a coach but no one gave took stuff off their plate so now they're supposed to do their normal job and now coach people right and very often what i found is they don't have enough time uh to do that they might be able to coach one person maybe two um and so you know it, it's not an uncommon sometimes for the company that they call and say hey, we're out of, we don't have enough internal coaches to do this. So can you guys uh, back us up? Yeah. Let me um, ask you a different direction. One of the things that I think we've seen, those of us who've been coaching for a while, I looked sideways. I gave an eye roll to my young partner here, um, is that coaching has been used for different things, right? There's a time that uh, back in the nineties, when I was uh, first coaching where we were sort of the last effort of somebody who was out the door, right? HR would call you and say, well, we need you to coach this guy to see if you can turn him around. And it was sort of their due diligence right before they kicked somebody out the door. And then we sort of had this, what I'm going to call a renaissance of coaching for high potential and high performance and like that. And I've been enjoying that the last decade or so. Um, What are you seeing in terms of, and what are people reporting about, why companies are using coaches? Are there different reasons now? Are we getting back to um, more of a problematic people or are we still focused on high performance and getting the best out of people? Yeah, I, I see that it's still moving away from problem children uh, coaching. And uh, our research, if I recall, maybe a, a third of assignments, say five years ago, were uh, for performance problems that had to be fixed. And then the later version of this research, it fell to a fourth of assignments, maybe 20-something percent. And, and in my own experience, that's generally the case. It, it's really something that companies want to invest in uh, for those that they want to grow. Um, it, it's, it's not necessarily a good use of money for someone who's really in trouble and really on their way out. It's, it's preferred when the company feels like this person is worth the investment and someone that we really want to grow here than we would invest in coaching. So I'm definitely seeing the industry continue to move away from those early years of uh, the problem children. Great. Anything else that you're seeing that companies are using coaching for? Uh, yes. So um, we do ask this, you know, what, why, why are you using a coach? And uh, overwhelming answer which is a bit of a catch-all, but is always to, to develop leader. Leadership development is, is really the reason, the number one reason far and away why we would hire a coach. Uh, but secondary reasons we, we saw, uh, one is interestingly for people in transition. Um, maybe about half of assignments would have some element of that. So someone is in transition, either they are taking a new position within the company or mm-hmm. moving over to a different country, uh, or even just coming on board to the company, uh, there's been more attention given to someone in transition as a, as a time to coach them. Uh, another one we see is this wonderful term called executive presence, which uh, is a bit amorphous, honestly, uh, because when you ask someone to define what executive presence means to them, you will get different answers. 
but nonetheless, we had it on our survey, and it came out in third highest choice among the people filling it out that uh, helping someone improve their executive presence was something that they uh, saw coaching to be used for. And then everything else was sort of more minor. You know, you can see it used for uh, presentation skills or communication, which to some extent could be related to executive presence. Right. Um, Speaking of executive career planning and things like that. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, not as much succession planning, at least in the I'm always waving the flag of succession planning in the organizations I work with. <laughs> Speaking of executive presence, uh, Alex, I need to have a meeting with you after this. Sounds good. All right, let's, we'll do that. <laughs> Just and now I'm in trouble. What have you got for Brian? Um, you know, I'm looking at some of the other things you're involved with, and you're involved with the American Society of Tra- Training and Development. And the, will you tell us, like the, tell us more about the ASTD? Yeah, and it's now the ATD. They actually changed their name, which uh, a couple of years ago. But I'm still calling—I still accidentally call them ASTD. Um, basically, like I mentioned, I go to a lot of conferences, so I'm usually um, either going or speaking, um, or both, I guess, uh, at any conference that might be related to coaching. Uh, so, at different times, I've been speaker at ATD uh, type conferences, or some of the other organizations, obviously lots of ICF events or EMCC in Europe. Um, and there's other places where, where coaching is talked about. Um, and, and it helps me too to, to always have a read on what's happening in the industry in different parts of the world. Um, and, and where are they in this coaching journey? Um, because as an international company, I, I, you know, we need to know that. So if, if, you know, coaching is not really taking off in China yet, for example. Um, it is among Western companies, but not among Chinese companies. And so, you know, I'll find myself at a coaching conference or at least visiting China to try and learn these types of things because that's that's necessary for us as a company to know what's taking place in the marketplace. Is that a – that's really interesting that there would be, you know, a whole country where it wouldn't be taking off. Is that a – do you see it as a cultural? Is it that it hasn't just been introduced in a powerful way? Because if China is a country that isn't powerfully using coaching or using coaching, there's probably other countries that aren't. Yeah. Uh, I I was in Asia so last year in May for a – there's an Asia-Pacific coaching conference that is wonderful, takes place every couple of years. And they had a speaker there who runs kind of a mini version of Coach Source, if you will. It's it's a smaller company. He trains coaches and then and then organizes them and runs coaching for companies. And he was presenting and telling us that it's just always the Western companies that are doing coaching and the Chinese companies really haven't taken it up yet. Um, that he says they're very interested. And I, I know that too, because I flew once out there for a company there that really was interested and they were studying coaching. To learn more about it, uh, although they did not eventually uh, begin coaching. I, d- I don't know if I could tell you the reason why. Um, my hope is that they're, you know, they're studying it and they're interested and they may be willing to go ahead at some point. Um, but uh, I don't know if I can say exactly you know, why is that okay. right now, uh, the reason why, uh, you know, companies in China are still watching and not yet engaging in coaching the sidelines are sometimes an easier place um mm-hmm. so, so what about linkage what is what is linkage mm-hmm. and what's your involvement 
Linkage used to have um, really great conferences in many different arenas of HR. Uh, they haven't. They're sort of uh, don't do as much now. But oh, I thought I more involved. They, <laughs> I thought yeah, that they was would do a coaching conference. They do a three sixty conference. They would do a leadership development conference. And I couldn't and, tell if uh, that was faint praise, like they used to have good conferences. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. th- what you're saying is they have fewer conferences or more rarely now, or what? Yeah, what's and I, well, and I, they focus. They do have a wonderful uh, one week leadership development experience that leaders could go to that also includes coaching and i used to coach at that as well and that was a um and they still do that that's a fabulous conference but i don't i haven't heard that they're doing the big uh conferences for coaching or hr and so forth in in a number of years which we used to be heavily involved with we used to sponsor them as well brian so (laughs) this is kind of funny but everyone that i know that goes to tons of conferences i don't want to make a generalization but all my friends have families and it's like their 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 getaway yeah my two friends that i have it's their getaway they escape they go to these conferences uh as a young single man i think i've been to one conference um but i'm actually i keep hearing more and more not just in this industry but in all industries and i'm like why would i want to go what are the best ones because there's there's a ton of them right there every or every company that has initials has a conference for every organization Mm -hmm. So as a coach, as a leader, as someone who is, is into development of people, what conferences do I want really want to be at? Hmm. Well, there, the ICF will always have pretty big events um, that are getting better and better. Uh, so the uh, Midwest one is, is quite good. Uh, they did it. Washington, D.C. one a few years ago was fabulous. They're doing it in Prague this fall, and I'll be speaking at that. I'm excited. I've never been to Prague. Congratulations. Um, I didn't know that you'd been approved yeah. to speak there. Good job. Yay, I'm excited. Um, should be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, at these types of conferences, so ICF always has great ones. Uh, the European Mentoring and Coaching Council, EMCC, they're kind of the big one in Europe, and they, they host their conference every year. They're doing theirs in Dublin, Ireland this spring. Not bad. Um, I think I have to go uh, to that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one is, I, I'm excited for with a Guinness Brewery tour or something along the way. <laughs> um, Asia Pacific Alliance of Coaches, they always have a great uh, Asia-based conference, usually every two to three years. They've done it in Singapore, Seoul. This year it's going to be in Mumbai in August, which I'm not sure I'm as thrilled Ooh, no. uh, for <laughs> the weather there, but um, they so each of these conferences, those are the biggies. Uh, the conference board in New York City, that that's really the premier one for companies to go to. So the conference board's in March this this month in New York City. We sponsor it. Now it's not really so many coaches, but it's companies. So it's people who manage coaching mm-hmm. at large corporations for the most part, who are there learning from each other, and that really helps us to. Uh, find out more about what the marketplace is doing and what are they up to. And so, you know, that's where we might see more and more internal coaches appearing, for example. And that gives us an indication that more companies are doing more in the area of internal coaching. Um, That one is a lot more expensive for your individual coach to go to. um, But for corporations, that's a great one um, as well. Which one? Which one? I'm sorry. I got confused. Which, Which one is the one? The conference board, it's called. Conference board, got it. Yes. 
Yeah, I wanted to go back. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to go back a step and see because I heard you talk about the Asia Pacific. I think it's APCOC or something like APOC. But um, EMCC also is now trying to uh, go into the Asia Pacific region, and they have their inaugural Asia Pacific conference coming up, or I guess maybe mm -hmm. they already had it. But um, what do you think about that, about that sort of competition for the Asia Pacific coaches? attention between the EMCC expanding there, the APOC, as well as the ICF. Any comments there, or is that too politically sensitive for you to get into? No, I mean, I, I think it's it's all good. I mean, I, you know, I, it does seem a bit, I, mean, I know the guy who's who's heading it up, he's a, a really great guy um, heading up EMCC Asia. Um, uh, you know, on one level, it's, it's why is it EMCC if you're in Asia? Right. But, you know, <laughs> EMCC, it does run a great conference and, and people from Asia come to it all the time, just like people from America come as well. Um, you know, I think it really more points and ICF is going on. And so I think it, it just really points to more growth in the industry and more coaches and more interest um, by coaches to go to things like this. So I don't know that it's... Um, um, necessarily a politically charged issue. I think it's it's actually more of a, a plus for the, for the whole industry. Oh, blessed are the peacemakers. That was a very diplomatic <laughs> answer. We've got a lot to get to in a little time. What's the what's the hottest topic that you want to talk about? Uh, how about you, Brian? What's the top? If you had uh, a minute or two to talk about something, what would it be? Well, um, one other trend coming that is very intriguing. Good or bad, I don't know yet, but you are seeing this rash of new startups in the coaching field that are here, often here in Silicon Valley, and raising a ton of money uh, for setting up, kind of bringing coaching to more levels of the of the world, you know, more levels of leadership. Uh, they would say they're democratizing coaching, and with technology and human coaches. And as a firm, we're watching that closely with interest trying to decide what we might do about it, if we'll do something ourselves or not. Um, it's aimed more at millennial level leaders, uh, younger leaders, um, and gaining great traction. Some of these companies have raised tens of millions of dollars in Silicon Valley of investment. Um, the jury is out as to uh, whether my, the clients I talk to are, are finding it to work well or not. And there's a whole bunch of you know, backstory there. Um, but it's definitely an interesting disruption to our field um, with pros and cons. You know, it's it's just another big trend that we should be looking at and aware of and either participating in or not. But that's that's sort of, sort of some of the, the next things that we're thinking about is at Coach Sources is, is these types of startup companies and what are they up to in this industry. How else do you see coaching developing moving forward? Well, aside from everything I've mentioned, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I, I gave enough of a attention to the next generation of leaders that are coming, the millennials who are already, of course, many you know, in leadership positions. I don't know the stats at the moment, but I do know that millennials are the majority of the workforce already, I believe, I've heard, and they are very open to coaching and development, um, very ripe uh, for coaching. You know, they don't have any of that stigma of, oh, I, I'm with a coach, therefore something's wrong with me. And so our trend sort of showed this, but I really think that, you know, you just simply look at demographics um, that you're going to see um, 
greater interest in the field from this generation, but of course you then also have to appeal to this generation in a way that they would want to engage in coaching. It's, so I think that's one of the very intriguing future trends. It is. Uh, Dr. Brian O. Underhill, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's been an enlivening and enlightening conversation today. Once again, the website is coachsource.com. You can find out more about that, as well as uh, follow him on Twitter, B. Underhill. Thank you so much for being with us, and thanks for the great work you're doing in the world. Get thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Alex, thank you for being with us again. That's thank you. Alex Terranova, the Dream Mason. You can find him on thedreammason.com or on Insta at inspirationalalex. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people? No, that was great. Uh, uh, Brian, thank you. Christopher, thank you. You're, ge you're gem. <laughs> I'm a gem. <laughs> thank you. Fool's uh, gold for sure. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to us. We will be back with you next week as every people out on the cutting edge of coaching. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week.